thank you so much for your time. Uh, what we like to do is start out with how you came of age. And so really starting with your childhood, can you explain where you grew up and when you really started to start uh, recognizing what was going on around you and realizing that things weren't exactly uh, very good for you and your family and your country? was not even a question that was not very good. I came from a world um, when I was very, very young that they matched the pony to my outfit. Uh, I had a very rich dad. In one day, in one night, some people in leather coats I was five years old, come in the night, they took my father, they put a pair of shoes, was my brother was 40 years older than I myself, and took us out from the house don't know where they took my dad and my mom, my brother and myself in a big, big shoe, brought us into a house with a hay sack, was nothing in it, dirt on the floor. And then you realize that something is very different. The first night doesn't bother me because usually I had a nanny so my nanny slept with me. So that first night on the haystack, I slept with my mom and my brother. And that was kind of terrific. Until you wake up and you realize where you are. Your ponies are gone, your daddy is gone. Your toys are gone. And here you are. It's no breakfast, no food, no nothing. My mom was a lawyer. She could not practice. They took her rights away. And she used to go to the railroad stations in the night because it was right after the war and was shortage of food to lo load burlap bags with, uh, uh, to the trains that she can bring us bread or food. So all of a sudden, you just grow up, you wake up, and you have to be good. You have to wait for your mom to come home and bring you the bread. So you just, your childhood is gone. So you become a young, unexperienced, not a human being. And all you know that you have to be good and listen to your mom. Thank God I had a wonderful mother, wonderful mother, who makes me to survive. That's horrible situation. And in one day, a gentleman showed up and asked, looked for my mom. When my brother recognized him, my father had lippets and horses, you know, like the horses in Vienna, the ones who do beautiful things and steps and perfect. He had Lipitzan horses also. And those days were not arena in this part of the world. So they used to do the Lipitzan horses in circus arenas. That was a Czech gentleman who heard what happened to our family. When they don't allow my brother to go to school. And he said to my mom, you should come with us. You can sell tickets 
and we go from town to town and they would not know who the kids are. And because of course you had ballet classes and that you had your little ponies and that. So me, they dress up, uh, uh, original Hungarian and my, my brother, the first thing we did, we danced uh, under the least Hungarian rhapsody, a dance in the circus arena. The next time they put me in a horse and the horse started to run around, that's not what I was used to it. My little pony was running straight and jumping and little thing. And I once started to scream when I said in Hungarian, that's mean sweet mother. They are killing me. So that's how I started. When we went to town to town and we are the kids from the circus. They don't know. And when I started school, because those days Shirley Temple was a big star and I have some pictures that they, that they used to curl off my hair and put with paper things and they put a babushka in my hand. And that's how I had to go to school. So you realize very fast that something is different, that something and all my guilt was that I was the daughter of a bourgeois intellectual who speaks 14 languages and you know, and they took my dad to Gulag. Socialists didn't describe them very well, right? So that's, I'm talking about the young people. First time my husband, Juana's daddy, Jay, it's Wharton and Harvard and, you know, truly very well educated American. Um, I took him to Eastern Europe. I recall three days later, he said, we should do a fundraising to bring the young Americans into this country to see what socialism means. By that point, you know, I was a little star back there. Um, and he was brought all my friends, well, intellectual writers, you know, they are in Encyclopedia Britannica, actor, you know, the high life. And he told me, I am going from one oasis to an other oasis, and I don't know if I said, with a sea of shit. <laughs> you can say that, you can say that. No, that's, no, that's exactly interesting. what he said. Well, that, that brings up a lot of things for me. I, I think, first of all, a lot of people don't understand. Uh, we see a lot of like the eat the rich kind of commentating these days from the American left. And you see them want to attack the millionaires and the billionaires. In Cuba, they wanted to attack the evil white farmers and landowners. And you see this throughout every country that falls to leftism. Now, you're talking about your father got taken to the gulag. Why was he taken did they have a justification or was it just that he was a part of the wealthier class? Can you explain? Uh, it's uh, their not only there? that they were a poor because they, they took, they took uh, uh, intellectuals. Okay. And why would they do that? Do you know? Because they are afraid of intellectuals. So you don't brainwash intellectuals. You then bra brainwash. So populace, the masses, the uneducated, you can educate them and tell them what you want. When you print what you want and you get them to read what you want. 
but the intellectuals, you know, was a doctor, a writer, or wasn't only that's just because they are rich. They are afraid of the intellectuals. They are afraid of people who think. It's very easy to maneuver and manipulate people who doesn't have the had no capacity to think because they are not educated. Now, do you and see I, that happening in America today? Oh, that absolutely. manipulation of absolutely. the ignorant population. Absolutely, you could see, um, you know, in some programs they show different pictures. They ask different questions. They ask of different history. They don't know if they are coming or going. They don't know who is their maybe everybody knows who is the mayor of New York, but not everybody knows who is the chief chief justice. Not everybody, not I'm not talking, not everybody. Lots of people doesn't know. You know, they go to the uh, uh, Florida, to the, uh, the beach, to the uh, uh, summer breaks, and ask basic questions. Jane Leno started that. That happened a long time ago. Not just now on Fox or, or... They don't know if they are coming or going. You know, at one point there on a newspaper who my made, a husband made, and I had a very talented and very... Uh, uh, Gabe Levinson. And we are on the ferry boat coming from the printer. And was a day before 4th of July, when I said to Gabe, Gabe, let's ask the people, what really is 4th of July here on the boat? 25% of them they do not know. That's barbecue, day off. They don't understand what, they don't know what really was 4th of July. They don't. And, yeah. you know, it's Thank like, you. uh, I remember when one was in, in, in the kindergarten and the kids are playing outside and somebody will ask, I don't remember who was it, where milk is coming from? And most of the kids respond, and it was a upper middle class. Oh, from supermarket. They don't know that milk was coming from the cow. So if it's very, it's scary what is going on. Very scares me because I've been there. It scares my daughter because I used to bring her to Eastern Europe for uh, you know my mother to show her up to, to her friends and you know the, I had to do it. And I tell you a very interesting story. And I was a personality there, you know, later in, in, in my life. I never been a pioneer because I could not be because of my background. And that hurt. And all the other kids had that red, but I, I, I couldn't. I had a bad social note. So they were from the cultural ministry and they came to visit and they took Juana and myself because they wanted to buy her toys as present, as gifts. In fact, she got a layette from President Ceausescu. Uh, Yes, you did. And go to the stores and she turns around and say, says, mommy, why you don't tell them that I'm a good kid? They should bring me to the stores where they are toys for good children. And that type of what was there. And the local kids, they are used to, to get what they get. They have no knowledge, but then have the exposure. 
go for anything better. Now, what I'm worried about in America, I'm sure you've seen some of the crazy numbers, right? The, the statistics show that right now, 70% of young Americans claim that they would vote for a socialist. There's another from Gallup that says 58% of young Americans want socialism over capitalism. If you ask most young people, they don't know that communist China has killed more people than Nazi Germany. They do not know the difference between maybe a social democracy in Europe that we see today, like in Denmark, versus actual socialism which is seizing the means of production Denmark it's not anymore they changed they changed like 10 years ago yeah exactly and if you ask most young people today unfortunately they say yeah I'm a socialist I want to make us like Denmark (laughs) and it's it's very they don't know what that means that is that is the issue exactly know what that means you, what that means they have to learn, they will have, they will give them a place into an apartment. Yes, but they will share the kitchen, the bathroom, this one, that's what was, that what you are sharing. And if people had an apartment with three bedrooms and three kids, they can kept one and the other uh, two bedrooms, was another family and they had to share the kitchen and and the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So now, yeah, they, they will give it to you, absolutely. And they will give you a, an internal passport. It's called uh, internal identity. And they will tell you where you can work. If you don't work, you are a parasite. You can not not to work. They will give you a job, whatever job, and can be in the uh, uh, suburbs of Little Iraq, Arkansas, because that's where they need you to go to work, because they decide how many factories are, how many trains are, how many cars have. And if you don't work, you'll end up in jail. You're a parasite. That's part of, of what it is. And they will give you an internal, like, no, no, there are shortages. There were shortages there, but we had red, yellow, green coupons. And you have to take out the coupons, and these coupons will tell you how many uh, 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 kilograms of meat can you have in a month, because you have to cut it down and you give it, and they will give you that meat, what was even to you, was assigned to you. How much bread in a day is assigned to your family? How much they will assign to you everything? Wonderful. And then to get that, when the shortage start, you know what you do? You stay in line for hours. Hours and hours on hours. But if you have the relationships, you don't. You know, you go to the writer's club when you get anything you want. I remember being in, again with my husband for a second time and it was a shortage of coffee, but you could buy it on the dollar store if you have dollars, but it was illegal to have dollars. If you have dollars, well, it's illegal. It was illegal to have gold coins. It was illegal. So who had dollars? The upper echelon. The upper echelon. If you think that here it's rich and poor, they were there who became rich and everybody else was poor. Now, I'm curious about this. Um, Similar to what we've heard from other people is this idea that you really couldn't move up in society. You couldn't get access, like you said, to resources or to the dollars unless you were a member of the party. Was that the case in your country? (laughs) You know, lots of people got this to become part of the communist uh, uh, party. 
but doesn't mean just because you are in a communist party that you will have access to these things. You have to be in very, very high, you know, the ministers, the, the, uh, uh, the entourage of the people. If you are successful, as I became successful, I moved in that entourage. So I don't have a problem anymore. And I was not a communist ever. Because when they asked me to be one, I said, absolutely not. I said, because when I was young, when they have Uteme Uteche, all kind of, you know, different ages of the communist parties. You don't want it me. Now you ask me because I'm a well-known uh, identity. The people knows me. They know my name. They know who I am. I played in movies or whatever. Um, I published. What you? No, I don't. I refused. But what was good having that, what scares me here the most, is the CIA and the FBI. That's the oh. scariest thing. Really? And why is that? Look what they did. Nothing happened to them. You know, you like Trump or you don't like Trump. You know, I don't like his personality. That's a different issue, but he's not my friend. He's not my husband. He's not my dinner parties, you know, but he was a good president in my, my view. But as a personality, no, absolutely. I think he walks with wet sacks all the time. You know, he's put his foot in his mouth. So, um, but if you had the relations on the entrance to the higher level and anything as they did to me, they took my passport away. They say I defect. I knew knocking the door, make a phone call. And all they asked me, Ildiko, give me a word of honor that you did nothing that you are aware of it, that they can do that to you. And you solve the problem. But here, you can do nothing. Look all these people. Look all these people who are in, 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 in trouble and they lost their, <laughs> and they were generals and they were, uh, uh, you, you know, they want to put you to, to jail. They want to bring you to courts, they do. Or you have to, you, you lose your, your, your livelihood. And you have nobody It's responsible for what they did to you. And they were all lies. All lies. The Russian dossier is a lie. Did anything happen to these people on the FBI or CIA? Nothing. Nothing. Says we have to make sure. We need to take insurance that he will not be the president. And I'm, I'm not referring it's Trump, but they could, they did it to other people. They did it to other people. Look this, this. But if you have the connection there, you could. I was lucky I had it, but other people, they didn't. Yeah. And a lot of this right now is enabled by the ignorance from Americans, and that can be traced back to our public education system failing to pass down really important information on history and economics and systems of government, specifically the Eastern uh, European countries that we experienced in the 20th century. Now, do you have any recollection, kind of going back to your childhood and coming of age, did you have any instances that you remember of indoctrination in the classroom or propaganda okay. in the classroom that no, helped no, you? It's very interesting. Just a couple, couple of days ago, I was talking to, uh, uh, telling Jay, we had very good education, math, 
antique history, not modern history, antique history. Writers, you know, it's, they, um, one was very demanding, very demanding. And if you're not, you know, they hold you back. And that you could not go to the museum, you had to, you know, go to the, a, a trade. But they had separate courses. One teacher, none of the other teacher ever brought that into the class. They had one course, was called the Constitution, and one course was called and from seventh grade and, and during all the, all the um, uh, university, you have to learn, it was a class in Marxism. But none of the other classes ever, 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 not the math teacher, not the biology teacher, not, the, uh, you know, his English, that is their language teacher, not you uh, botany teacher, not you um, history teacher, because you, you learned antique history more. You know what? None of them brought the politics in. They are really wanted to, their people to get, their kids to get a very good education. Absolutely. It was very demanding, very, very uh, hard curriculum. Constitution, yes, that was political. And you had that once a week. And you know, I got smart because I might had my social note. Every time when was, they asked me to answer a question upon the institution, what I did before and after 23 August. Before was before 23 August was when the communism came, the Second World War ended, and the Russians got in on uh, Romania, because I am from Transylvania, which that's became part of Romania. Yeah. So I also started. They asked me, before 23 August, the working class people was suffered, had a hard time. After 23 August, the working class people had a good time. And they give me a good grade. But every time I use the same slogan, I never opened the book. Was before and after 23 August. So what the teacher can say that I don't know what I am talking about it. So I don't open the book. You had, a, and I told you, you had a very serious curriculum. Very serious. Interesting. And so then as a student, did you have dreams and aspirations or are you basically told you're going to go work XYZ job in this area by the government? What was that uh -huh. like? Because here in America, we get choice, right? And young Americans can't see how privileged we are in that. Uh, what was it like to come of age and, and not be able uh, to make that kind of decision? They are not everybody, even in Europe. You know, it's only probably, I was just speaking with a German uh, uh, guy. Um, you know that only about 20% goes to university because you have to pass, you have to pass uh, baccalaureate. If you don't pass baccalaureate and they, they, they take you and move you from the seventh grade in different areas that you are good in humanism, you are good in, in, in uh, math. So you will have more humanistic cl classes on, or you have more math classes. And you have to, everything what you learned from the first grade, it's that baccalaureate and only about 20% of the young people can pass that and say, I, 
after that, you have to give an exam for the university, can go to the university. They decided that you go become a pilot, you become a, a plumber, you become, a, you know, you can choose anywhere you want to go. But not everybody goes to university. And the university starts free, but 20%, even today, only 20% can go there. Education was very serious. No, math teacher can have to teach you math, has to teach you geometry, had to teach you algebra. Not communism, not socialism. But something very interesting. I don't know if they understand that they were building towards so-called equalitarian communism, building thoughts. None of them called them, you know, here in the West, they call them communist countries, but they were not communist. They were building towards communism. And there are lots of great jokes regarding that. Interesting. So, so what were you doing as a, a teenager what were your plans and, and what did you end up? Um, what your mother told you to do. <laughs> you know, I speak nine, nine, uh, nine languages and none of them I can translate peer pressure. So it's not peer pressure, it was parents pressure. I don't know how much that's changed here. Um, it was parents pressure. So that was very, so you, you know, every my birthday, my mother gave me a language teacher and I have to learn the language. And all I wanted was a bicycle. I never learned English. I learned English yet. Okay, and so then what after school, what did you end up doing? I was a trapeze artist. And that's how I came to United States after Nixon's first visit. But anyhow, you have to understand what my father told me before he died. They let him out and they took him back after the Hungarian Revolution from the Gulag. He says, looked at me and said, you're not beautiful, but you'll be always with somebody will notice you, but my sad part and what I feel, you will be only 15% for what you would have, should have been and what was your capacity. And that's the truth. I was only a part of what I could have been. Be because my father was uh, at, at uh, hmm. That's a sad, I think, um, after two, three years, my mother received a postcard that we should go to visit. They are allowed to visit my dad. So she embarked us into a train, we got there on was called that place the white door and what slogans like in uh arbeit make you make you free like in germany you work every step of your work will get you free so we're up early in the morning on this very arid area arid you know, it's almost like in, in um, and there are hundreds and hundreds of women with children sitting down on the earth, working to vacation their husbands. And they are not, they first they saw them they bring them to work, and after work, 
they bring them back and there were three sets of barbed wires. And the women are jumping up because they thought that these shadows of naked bodies going with the tools in their back that they recognize their loved ones on the soldiers with the guns with the bayonets are coming and push them back. So it's almost the end of the day. They started to call them by alphabet, you know, that between these three sets of barbed wires that you see um, talk to your loved ones, to your husband, to your father. There are no one woman. And they don't call my family name. So my mother went to ask what happened. So, oh, oh he, he's, he behaves very badly when the, he was moved to another harder camp, the Black Valley. So, pick up this. We had two burlap bags. Pick up this burlap bag. And I don't know where my mother, my mother find a fort with the, uh, they were taxis, the old American forts. So we're going to about 20 kilometers further down on this, there are tripods with guards, soldier guards on the top of the tripods. And they started to scream, stop, stop. And the driver stopped. We got out from the car and my mother put me in the front holding. Um, so I was about eight, um, holding the burla back. She stayed in the middle and my brother was in the back holding the other end of the bag. And my mother said, go. And the soldiers started to shoot. Really shoot. And my mother says, she was in the middle. Go. They don't shoot kids. But my mother said, don't shoot kids. They don't. So we marched. And like half a block, there was this line of barbed wires. And then every day they counted people. And we saw three hanged, hanged people with a sign. That's what happens if you want to escape. They are hanging there. So my brother, you know, my I saw that. So they are counting people before they did to make sure there's nobody is escaping or running. So they want to hang it. And my father recognized us. And he jumped into the barbed wires, holding on it with his hands on his face, screaming, give me, give me my kids. And thousands of prisoners and was there started to stomp their feet and said, give him his kids, give him his kids. There are more prisoners than guards or dogs. So somebody decided and held the to come outside of the bubble to take my brother and myself and brought us inside. And my father was, his face was bleeding, his hands were bleeding from the, you know, how he hold on these wires. And I still wake up with nightmares, you know, with the blood in my face and my mother from the back screamed don't cry that was my mom when anything when you learn to censor yourself but they educated you with and 
said, nobody can take away from who you are. Remember who you are. They will try. They will say, you're not good. You are undesirable. You're not. You can do it. Don't forget who you are. So wow. that, yeah. Wow. No. So does that mean, so your mom took care of you and your brother. Did you ever ask her and talk to her about what that was like to have her husband taken away in the gulag and to have to watch the kids alone? My father never talked about what happened to him in the prison camp. And my mother, she, she was a beautiful woman. She was Miss Transylvania, you know. And if you see of her picture, she was really gorgeous. And they asked her, how come she doesn't remarry? And you know what she said? When a chicken will have three legs, I will. Because when I give a, 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 leg, a tie to my son, one to my daughter, it's nothing to give to the husband. She never, she never, ever, ever, you know, talked about that not not at all she did so, not complain so your father was in the camp now can you walk me through did he get out and then you guys all left to america or what what was that like no, no, no. after after stalin died a year later mm -hmm. a year and a half later almost two they left they closed all the gulag camps and they let them out. It was 1950, uh, 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 and uh, they let him out. And he was a broken man, you know, physically was broken, not mentally, physically. And they called me to the, because there are different levels of communist identities how the, is done. They call me to tell me that I have nothing to do with my dad. You know, I was pretty much that's 17 years old. And I said to them, you have to be very scared because you are afraid of my dad. With a physical broken man, you educated me for over 12 years, I know you're afraid for a broken down that you'll have more influence over me than you guys. Analyze what a guy you, you are doing when I step. But when the Hungarian revolution started in 56, they came and they, they took him back. And um, he died in 24 hours. I don't know how, took me almost five months to get his body and I hope I have his body, I don't know. So he never talked anything about how was that. So they told him to get out from the country because he was not born in, in uh, you, you know, he, he comes from ancestry his grandfather, great -grand my great-grandfather built the first schools of orphanages and Dr. Talbiscaro, you know, he was a noble by Austro-Hungaria, whatever. Uh, so, uh, you know, as I have a noble title, I inherited, I never use it, I never say it. <laughs> and, um, they told him to get out of the country because he was not born there. And he said, if I can get with my kids. That was like three weeks after he, he got out. He should have. 
but she did it. She did it. Now, now, how come you guys couldn't leave with him? What what led to you guys having to stay? Why we cannot leave? They don't. They want my father out. They don't want to let us out. You know, they don't want him in the country because they are afraid. They are afraid of who they are. And they okay. took them back. They took him from the hospital. Now, eventually you did make it out. Let's transition into talking about how that happened. What, what went down there? That how I get out? Yes. Oh, because I was, uh, um, besides what I was doing, you know, movies and uh, college, I was a trapeze artist. And there were different impresarios, and I was, I don't know, I was in uh, Egypt, uh, they built the uh, canal there, it was Nasser. I was in India, I met Indira Gandhi. They wanted my, I was out of Mongolia, I was to Mongolia, I was to, uh, North Korea, I was, <laughs> you know, in France, I was at, at uh, uh, Moulin Rouge. You know, I perform, I was a, one of the very good trapeze artists when impresarios come and paid to the Romanian government. They paid hard currency and they wanted hard currency. So I was, a good <laughs> product. So that's how I came out. I came out to the United States uh, because uh, you're the impresario of Ringling Brothers. You know, I was, uh, I had a contract for three years so the uh, uh, Ringling Brothers. Okay. And so now that you're able to see what's going on in America, what are your initial thoughts? I know that we talked a little bit about the FBI, the CIA, the weaponization of the bureaucracy against the people, uh, against political candidates. What are your general thoughts on the direction of the country right now here in the United States compared to your experience in Romania growing up under you communism? Know, I, I try to be optimistic that I have moments that says, what the hell I'm doing here? Um, it's scary, a really scary. I hope more people will wake up. You know, I had the vaccines. You know, I always said that the best written books is the Bible, Shakespeare, and the American Constitution, in my point of view. You know, Right now, I have my vaccine card, the American Constitution, inside. And that's how I carry it in my bag. When they ask me, you know, if I go to a restaurant or something, they ask me, I open that and they want to take it to copy it, I close it. No way you step over my privacy. I love that. I'm telling you, I have, when I just got from Catholic, 10 other constitutional books and I'm going to give it to my friends. I do believe in the American constitution. It's scary that they take Lincoln name out of, of schools. It's scary they're denying. And you know what? Everybody's two years old. Give me, give me, give me, give me. Give me candy, give me, give me. It, it's scary. I, I, I don't understand. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that I feel sorry for Biden. I'm angry with his wife. Why he let him to put himself in that position? You know, that the British papers make fun of it right now for what happened in England. Uh, on, fall asleep 
I don't know. Um, shortages. Shortages in America? It, it, it's, you know, we are hoarding toilet paper. Okay. But no, it's not only toilet paper. It's other stuff that you cannot find. But if you have the money, you can go to Citarella and buy the very expensive steak for $46 a pound. I don't know what the poor people does. What if it their kids with? What? It's 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 scary, but I hope that the people will wake up and don't, you know, to fill up your car, the people has to go to work. How much they can fill up the car? How they will heat their house in this winter? How? I still work, I have my little company, but how? And you know what? They don't have the strength of my mom that to know how to make noodles with, with, with uh, uh, breadcrumbs. I did that. And my mom stayed there and don't eat until my husband, my brother and I don't eat. And, you know, force us to eat and whatever leftover she should eat. She knew how to do uh, something with an onion and two potatoes to make a soup. That they know it? No. No. They don't learn that. As my mom did. To make sure that, that we had food on the table. So, so what is your message to kind of close this out? Thank you, first of all. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing your insight and your experiences. What is your message to the many, many, many younger Americans and older Americans that believe socialism and even communism would be the best way forward for the United States? Wake up, go and look in the history. Why Russia fall down? Why Eastern Europe fall down? How was the life? Russia, 80 years, 80 years. What, why this countries fall apart? Why did people wake up and have the revolutions and, and you know, says finish? You don't have to have a revolution here. Find out what that means. Thank God that you still have some rich people who, who, who create hospitals and their name is on it. And, and, and you know, like the Hamsleys. And, yeah. But all you know what that, but Hamsleys, that she left money to the dog. Excuse me? Where is this cancer center? Where is that lung center? Look at, it's still, some rich people make possible to create some things. It's not our taxes because they waste our taxes. Why there are so many homeless in the streets? It's because of that or because they don't take care of the mentally ill. You don't see them. And if you be mentally ill in, in there, you've been in an institution. Or if the baby was born deformed, they put it in a window to die. That is the truth. That is the truth. It's no such, I remember, <laughs> with my husband. I went to the bank for the first time and, put, and, they were, and I took two pants and says, why you took two pants? So they're free. 
nothing is free. You pay for everything. For everything. It's not, I hope, I really hope that some people will wake up uh, like Carvel, you know, I just heard him talking. Um, I'm an independent, I'm not a Democrat, I'm not a Republican. I couldn't be, none of those. It's too organized for me, you know. Like mom said, remember who you are. Um, I hope that they start to recognize. I hope the people start to wake up how much they hurt the poor people with that uh, socialism. I think because the rich, they can walk. They can walk. Doesn't matter. They have their chits, they have their, they can walk. How the poor guy will go to work to pay so much money for the gas? How the poor woman will go and buy good food for the, for this children? Okay, right now, they, they you, you, you can go and get from good people. They make bags on, they give it to you. But if it's a shortage, they will not give you anything. They are hurting the poor people. That is the first one who is hurt. The first one who is hurt. So I, I just hope, I, I can see that some people started to wake up even in, you know, NBC, CBS, um, they have some acknowledgement. Um, and they, you know what? Who said, throw out the rascals. Throw out the rascals. You, you know, Omar, oh my God. I'm an immigrant, she's an immigrant. I don't care, married brothers, doesn't matter. Who is she? She was saved. Who is she to tell to the, the rest of the America how to live? What she knows. I, I think we should send everybody to Venezuela for a while. I, I, I just hope. I just really hope that more people will wake up. And this thing to the internal task force, I had one. I really know what that means. There are people medically, they cannot take it. Medically, they cannot take that shots. It's terrible. It is. Now, I. I think that was great what you closed on with I wish we could send everyone to Venezuela unfortunately it's not feasible in many ways but one of the best things we can do is interview people who did experience socialism or communism firsthand like you did and and so thank you for sharing your story with us we really appreciate it and uh, we're excited to talk to your daughter next <laughs> thank you, know you so what? much I just want to tell you something yes I was 17, 18, 17 years old, around of that. And I was reading a great book. And the books ended saying, I know that she was here because I feel, sense the perfume of Frasia. You know what? I never saw a Frasier. I don't know how the Frasier was smell, but become such obsession with that book. And probably I was in Paris when I got to a flower shop and I said, do you have Frasier? So of course, and he showed it to me. That's how 
they don't know what they will miss. Now, what book is that? Pardon me? What book was that? Well, um, one moment. I was in your moment. <laughs> uh, it's a French writer. Uh, you know what? If I will remember it, I will tell Juana to text Okay. It. Yes, definitely let us know because I, I would love to read the book. And I know the girls on the team that work behind the scenes, they would love to read it too. Um, but thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much. And yeah, no, uh, we'll, be, is... we'll be sure to do that. Is there anything Wake else? Wake up, America. <laughs> Wake up. You know, listen, listen to the, the hello, Vietnam. Hello, America. <laughs> oh, hopefully, I hope they listen. I'm sure that they will. Thank what you. What do you think?